Cosmic Gunnery Sergeant from the Marine Corps, Timothy Stanfield, joins us today. He is the founder of Before You Serve, nonprofit helping people get their head right, their feet right, getting ready to join the military. Pay attention. Listen up. Not quite. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. Well, welcome uh, everybody to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, you got with you today, the Knucklehead Stephen, and I'm excited to have uh, I'm excited to have Timothy Stanfield with us. And if you're listening to us from the from the great state of Alabama, then you be proud. You be proud. We've got uh, we got one of your own with us. Uh, actually, Stanfield and I go back a little bit. I want to I want to just uh, give a little tip of my cap to him. I've never seen anybody as strong as him, move as fast as him. Uh, outside of playing football uh, in college with some guys, Stanfield could throw some weights around. Uh, and on top of that, he's, uh, he's actually a, a proud gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps. He's joining us today uh, live from – where are you at? You're in, you're in Uzbekistan? Where are you at? <laughs> no, I'm in uh, sunny Southern California. Um, currently in the barracks for Wounded Warrior Battalion. So uh, we got the Wounded Warrior Battalion trials going on right now. So super busy. A lot of stuff going on. Well, appreciate you taking some time with us to talk uh, to talk with us a little bit about that. Uh, Uzbe- I get Uzbekistan and California, you know. Yeah, it's interchanged all the time. I understand. I understand. Well, b- being from the, the great country of Texas, our, our perspective is very view- skewed anyway. So uh, just real quick, we're going to jump into – and why Knucklehead is, is around. Knucklehead was, was founded on the premise that not, not, there's not one of us out there that's perfect, right? I mean, you, in your experience, Tim, you've had, uh, is it called, is it could it call you Tim or do you want me to call you Timothy or gunnery sergeant or uh, how, what are we doing here? I think th- Tim, uh, Tim works. Tim works. Okay. All right. So Tim, Tim, just, just so people understand who we're talking to here, uh, Tim started a, uh, a nonprofit organization called Before You Surf, right? Uh, played football. Uh, in in high school, uh, had aspirations to play in college. Is that correct, or am I incorrect there? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, uh, joined the Marine Corps. Uh, that's where you and I met. You you uh, you and I served together uh, at a unit in Okinawa. However, um, in that process, in that process of becoming a football player, becoming a Marine, uh, there there may be a, a, like a framework that you can follow, or at least a, a, a standardized set of steps that you can follow to get to where you are today. However, it wasn't necessarily as advertised. It, you took kind of the scenic route to get to where you are or mistakes that, that have been made. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about some of the screw-ups, some of the things that, hey, listen, you, you're going to experience some of these headaches. You're going to scrape your knee. You're going to bust your nose a little bit. And, uh, and that's what the whole point of podcast, or excuse me, the whole point of Knucklehead Podcast is. There's too many people out there that try to pretend they're something they're not. And so we want, to, we want to highlight the fact that you can still experience those failures, experience those mistakes and become a gunner resource in the Marine Corps. Start your own nonprofit and help recruits the way that you are. Yeah, you really can, man. And and it's funny because one of my biggest failures, one of my biggest mistakes happened before I even joined the Marine Corps, before I started my career, before any of that. When uh, when I was playing high school football, I uh, I was a team captain, and uh, we were doing a you know we were having practice one day, and we were getting ready to play this team that beat us every year. And uh, it was my senior year, and I just I was tired of getting beaten by this team, and, and uh, I took that game very personal, even though the expectation was, we're going to lose this game, we'll go into the first round of playoffs, everything will be fine. And uh, there was one other guy on the team, 
and he was kind of walking through practice, you know, just kind of taking his time. And I, uh, that frustrated me and I took it out physically on him. And, uh, he didn't take that very well. Most people don't take, uh, physical altercations very well. But, uh, so after practice, when we were walking back to the field house, you know, to change over and everything, uh, he took it, he, he got payback and he slammed, slammed me right in the back. Um, ended up rupturing my spleen, broke, uh, broke all my ribs. And I spent a couple weeks in the ICU. I had to have emergency surgery. Uh, and that was the end of my football career. That was it. Uh, that was the last, last time I ever wore pads, last time I ever did anything. But through that failure, you know, I was able to gain the perspective of what it means to be a leader. And then I was able to hone those skills when I came into the Marine Corps. Would you say that there's, would you say that there was a lesson um, in that experience where you wish, not just that you wish you would have done something differently, but how you process that as you're sitting in ICU, how did you, how did you, I guess, process that information without wanting to just be revengeful and focus on the negative? You know, that's a great question. And, in retrospect, I wish I could put myself back into the mindset that I was in then because I remember coming out of uh, the surgery and waking up and, uh, you know, everybody, I come from a really small town. Everybody came to the hospital to see me and everybody was, you know, they wanted to get revenge on this kid. And, and I, I immediately forgave him. I was immediately like, you know what? That was my fault. It was an immediate acceptance of the responsibility. And I think that's something that you can't teach. You know, it's something that you have to grow a certain level of maturity to get. And even though I never got to play football again, that event taught me more than probably anything else in my life. Would you say that, would you say that uh, when you say it, it was, it taught you more than anything, what, what, what would you extract? Let's just say, let's rewind the clock back 30 minutes before you decided to take it out on this guy, on this kid and uh, put yourself in a position where you're, you're leading Marines, for instance, what, what lessons would you give to somebody pre-mission that would help them prep for dealing with that, that you know, just that trauma, so to speak? What, what would you tell them? I think uh, the word is empathy. Being able to relate, for, relate to other people's experiences and kind of see the world through their eyes. If you have that ability, um, and just like we were talking about before, before we started this podcast, me being a Marine makes me a better father. And me being a father makes me a better Marine because it allows me to empathize with my Marines. It allows me to understand the challenges that they're facing and, and how I can, you know, contribute to their success in the end. So I, th I think that's that if I'm understanding your question right, that's that's in retrospect what I wish 30 minutes prior. I wish I would have been able to empathize and see why he wasn't taking that practice serious or why he wasn't 100 percent into it. That's what we need as leaders. We need to be able to empathize. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I've heard a lot of people talk about, it's called self-awareness. Um, Marine Corps, we classify that as situational awareness uh, or operational awareness or, you know, insert whatever creative adjective. But really, it's essentially, it's just awareness, right? And a lot of times without perspective or without the perspective of failure or the perspective that suffering gives you, you don't have that awareness. Uh, and your lessons, quite frankly, don't mean the same thing unless somebody's gone through some type of struggle or they're able to articulate in a way as, you know, as your leader to help you understand the situation that you're about ready to experience and how you can lead folks through those 
uh, through those difficult times. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a big reason I wanted to start this nonprofit organization because I wanted um, what, what I've always taught as my leadership philosophy is you, you should never forget where you came from, but you should always be looking towards where you're going. Um, so if I'm going to keep in line with that philosophy, then I need to help those individuals that are coming into this organization and give them an education that a lot of them aren't getting, you know, because in this life, you don't know what you don't know. And so you don't know what questions to ask. So being able to counsel those young men and women and help them make the right decisions, that's huge to me. Well, I mean, depending upon your perspective, too, it's uh, it's it's very um, it's you know, it's a, it's a great situation where you can take the the lessons that you've learned over the course of your lifetime, right? Which are largely just lessons passed down from leaders that came before you. And they're going to create an environment where, you know, you have the ability to draw from those failures, those mistakes, those, those screw ups, and you pass those lessons on to somebody who's coming into the Marine Corps. Let me ask you a question. Dealing with today's folks that are coming into the Marine Corps, what are the biggest differences that you see in them that didn't exist whenever you were, whenever you were just coming in? Um, I think I can sum it up in one word. Why? That's, that's a question that we as young Marines would have never asked. Why do I have to do this? Why, why are we doing this? Why do I have to stand in formation? Why, why, why? It's a question before when you're talking about instant obedience and willingness to obey orders, we would have never asked the question why. But here's what I always tell everybody. As leaders, you know, we can look at that as, uh, something to complain about, or we can look at it as a leadership challenge and we can adapt. I think it's great that Marines are asking why, because it shows that they're intelligent. It shows that they're willing, you know, to be engaged in the situation around them. So if they're asking why, I'll be the first one to sit down and explain it to them. But it goes back to empathy. When, when I was a young Marine, when you were a young Marine, we would have liked to known why we were standing in formation. You know, maybe we would have been a little more engaged if we knew we were getting ready to move out to a field op and you know, maybe we could have contributed in some other way. We're both smart guys. We, we're worth more than just standing in a box, you know. Tim Stanfield, before you served, current gunnery sergeant, Marine Corps. Uh, spent some time as a recruiter, logistics. But quick break from today's message uh, and a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, it's Chris Hoffman, CEO and founder of Vet Training Coaching and host of the Ambitious Vet Podcast. You're listening to the Knucklehead Podcast with Stephen Cullen. Let's go out and make those mistakes and get better one at a time. Let's get it. Well, at least one side of the of this conversation is, and and I'll and I'll default to you there, buddy. So I, I myself, I'm still a knuckle dragger. I just asked questions and you know that type of thing so all right so i, I appreciate the uh uh the, the the backhanded compliment so to speak but i here listen i i have this question and this question keeps on coming up and and this is this is something that i think is apparent not in just today's business world but in today's nonprofit world and in today's transition world um getting out of the military i went through a severe amount of depression i went through it like a an unbelievable amount of dysfunction and not even understanding where it was coming from or why I was going through it. Cause I wanted to be alone. I wanted to be left alone. You knew me a little bit, uh, during my, 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 uh, fiercely independence type streak. And my, my, uh, my reason in, in highlighting that is the sense of community. Once it's gone, you, you, you almost feel a little bit like an outcast while you're in the idea is you're stripped away. Your identity is kind of stripped away and you're built back up in the image of the Marine Corps, so to speak. However, whenever you leave, 
it's you being a free radical in life is no, it's, it doesn't work like that. It, it, you will turn away people in a heartbeat. Um, have you seen there's a limitation in uh, guys that grew up with us in our, in our time in the Marine Corps? Have you seen that there's a limitation that they experience either in their transition or in their career progression in the Marine Corps? Have you noticed that? Yeah. You know what? I've got a very unique perspective having spent some time here at Wounded Warrior Battalion. I've gotten the opportunity to see a, a lot of people transition. And what I've seen is that if, you, if you're able to fill yourself with purpose before you transition, it's a smooth transition. It's the guys that get out because uh, you know, they think they're bigger than the Marine Corps or they think they've got this huge plan mapped out, but they don't have a purpose. It's those guys that get out and I think have a real challenge because now you're taking yourself where you have a purpose. You're doing something every day to be successful, to help other people be successful. And you're transitioning to a situation where now you're just, you know, floating on a cloud. So people that have a purpose make a smoother transition. I really, I truly believe that. And that's a big thing that they do here at Wounded Warrior Battalions, try to help them identify what that purpose is before they're, you know, kicking left and, and moving forward. How do you, how do you help folks uh, connect with a purpose? Excuse me. How do you help folks connect with their purpose versus your purpose for them? Or do you delineate between the two? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that comes down to, uh, well, let me give you an example. When, when I came off of recruiting duty, uh, cause I spent four years recruiting and, uh, I was passionate about it. I loved it because every day I could go to work and I could see the difference I was making. You know, I could see a kid graduate high school, go to recruit training, come home and see them in their uniform for the first time. And you, I really felt a sense of purpose and I wanted to continue doing that, but the needs of the Marine Corps come first. And so I came back to the logistics community. When I came back, I felt no sense of responsibility to the logistics community. I didn't have very much involvement with the Marines that I should have been involved with. Um, and I had that probably same thing that you had. I was depressed and I didn't know why I was depressed and I didn't know what I was doing. And I, you know, didn't want to come to work every day. So I had that same thing that you were going through, but I was still active duty. You know, I was still a part of the Marine Corps. Um, I got to a, a point of complacency. You were talking about how fast I used to be and how much I used to work out and and I was up to 240 pounds and I failed my physical fitness test, which in the Marine Corps, that's a big deal. It took me 29 minutes to run three miles because I had just lost all sense of purpose. So through that failure, failing that PFT, I mean, for us, that, that pretty much means your careers might be over. Through that failure, you know, I, I sat down and I talked to my Sergeant Major and, and he kind of put me into, into check and I said, I'm feeling sorry for myself because I wasn't able to do this thing I wanted to do in the way that I wanted to do it. Doesn't mean that I can't still do it. I just wasn't able to do it in the way I wanted to. And that's why I started this nonprofit organization because I had a sense of purpose when I was doing something. I got pulled away from it because of my responsibilities, but that didn't mean I had to quit. I just had to find a new way to do it. And so I started setting goals for myself, you know, I, and I've, I've accomplished most of those goals. I've been able to do it. But at the end of the day, what I realized is if I reach those goals, if I'm able to do all those things or not, it doesn't matter. 
because it's the person that you become in the pursuit of, of achieving those things. It's, it's not necessarily, you know, the, the goals that matter, but yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's the process. It's, it's definitely, um, yeah. I mean, you got to trust the price. It sounds so arbitrary and kind of, you know, ridiculous and, and vague, but the fact is, is, is uh, there's 24 hours in a day. Right. And, and each one of those hours has a beginning and end time. And what did you do in that, in that beginning and end time that helped you get to where it is that you want to go. Right. And there's frameworks and, and processes that you can follow and, and exercises that you can do to create clarity. But you know, that's a time that's, that's, a, that's a topic for a different conversation. But um, so tell people, tell people this, tell people can, how they can find you, tell people how they can support you. Uh, tell people a little bit about, uh, about before you serve and you know, the shoes and really not just that, but what it all represents. And, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, the nonprofit organization is called Before You Serve, and basically what we do is we ensure the mental and physical well-being of young men and women who join the military. A lot of people don't realize that when a kid signs up, I say kid, but young man or young woman signs up to serve in the military, they enter what's called the Delayed Entry Program, and they'll usually spend between six months to a year training before they're even shipped out to recruit training. So what we do is we try to find those individuals and we get them a new pair of running shoes just to support them training. And it's not a big deal. A lot of these kids out here have shoes, you know, and they're fine, but some of them don't. Some of them can't afford to buy new running shoes. But for us, what it is, is it's a way to signal from the, from the community that those kids are supported, right? Because they're hearing from a lot of people, why are you joining the Marines? Why are you going into the military? Why are you doing this? So we just want to show them that there are people out there, veterans, there, you know, people that have served and that are serving that really support what they're doing because, I mean, they're our future. You know, they're they're what's going to defend our country long after you and I are have. You know, I've taken off my uniform and and walked away. They're going to be the ones that are doing it. So, so that's that's pretty much what we're doing. And you can find us at uh, beforeyouserve.com and uh, we're on social media, Facebook and Instagram at before you serve. So. Yeah, all we're looking for right now is just people to donate shoes. So, uh, obviously, new running shoes. We don't want to be giving out your, your stinky old sneakers. Tim, so people can go there, and you're looking to take, um, you receive uh, new shoes. But you talked about the mental, com- the mental component. How, how much of a distinction is there between physical exercise for these people who are about ready to go, be immersed in the transformation of civilian into Marine? Um, how, how important is this, this mental preparation that you put them through? I mean, you've been there, you've seen it. It's, it's huge. You know, if you, if you can go to recruit training and you're physically fit, you're physically prepared, then that's one less thing you have to worry about in the mass of things that are going to be stressful for that 13 weeks. Um, it, it makes, it makes all the difference in the world. Uh, I've, I've seen young men and women come in and they can't do one pull up. And it would take them, you would have to time their mile and a half run with a calendar because it would take them that long. And I've seen the transition from that, working out with their recruiters every week, working out with the other young men and women. And I've seen the transition they've made. And I've seen them go to recruit training and be successful. Now, on the flip side, I've seen guys and girls that didn't put in the work and went to recruit training. And guess what? They didn't make it. It's not. Yeah, it happens. That's why we're the few and the proud. It's not for That's exactly right. But That's exactly right. You, you do the math. Oh, I go ahead. If we can do anything to support them and make them more successful, 
and that's what we're here for. We also partner, we do um, recreational activities, uh, golfing, different things like that, fishing trips, where we partner those kids, those young men and women with veterans. So they get an opportunity to ask questions and, and get the inside scoop, not just from a recruiter, but from people that have been there and done that. Some of the best advice I got prior to the military was, uh, was don't be first to anything. Uh, but then some, some of the worst advice I got because of my, that person was not interested in be, being a leader. They, they were interested in being a follower. It was also some of the worst advice I got. So I had to get my head nose kicked in a few times through that process in order to understand that, no, if you want to take the, the path of least resistance, uh, you can do that. Yeah. Um, Marine Corps is probably not for you. However, if you also want to take the hard path, the difficult path, which there's something to that challenge and adventure that, uh, that regardless of whether or not you're going to be an infantry uh, Marine or just a, a support Marine like we were, um, you will experience that challenge and that adventure if you put yourself out there. And that's the whole point of going out and getting some wins. You can't be a beta. You got to be an alpha. You got to go out there and, and blaze your, and essentially blaze your path. You can follow somebody else. But ultimately, the responsibility is yours to own it, and that's, you know, that's why we uh, that's why we started Knucklehead, and that's why organizations like Before You Serve are important because they're led by Marines like you, they're led by by individuals like you that have gone through some of those tough failures that have fallen flat on your face a few times before, but you're better off having overcome it. So uh, we appreciate you, buddy. So you've you've heard it here, guys. Uh, Tim Stanfield, Gunnery Sergeant Timothy Stanfield, uh, United States Marine Corps out there and use, I mean, California. Um, he is, uh, he is before you serve on Facebook and you can find him at before you serve.com as well. Uh, anything else that you want to leave these guys with? No, I just, and going back to what you were just saying, it's, it's a, a fun fact for you. 88% of young men and women that join the Marine Corps, they, uh, if you remember the old school benefit tags that you pulled out, 88% of the kids that join pick that challenge tag. You know, this, that's the, that's the future of our Marine Corps kids that want to be challenged, you know, so let's provide them the tools and the resources to be challenged. And thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I loved it. Loved it. It was great. Uh, it was great. We appreciate you. And for those of you who like listening to Knucklehead Podcast, every Tuesday, we've got new episodes coming out. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Knucklehead Promotions. You can find us uh, online at knuckleheadpodcast.com. And if you're a, uh, if you're a business that wants to talk about your business, if you're, if you're somebody who's not, who really just wants to not shy away from the challenge of talking about the things that you've screwed up, you know, follow Tim's example. Come on out here. Let's have a conversation and tell people about the things that you've screwed up. That's the whole point of, uh, of sharing that so you can help somebody else move past their challenge that they're going through currently. So uh, with that, we are done and uh, go out and get yourself some wins, guys. Don't be beta. Tim, thanks for the time, buddy. Well, I mean...